Let's see. So this one's going to be all about making community knowledge accessible, which is going to be stellar. I'm excited about this one because this one's hard. This is a tricky <laughs> one. And one that like, it's not like we found the meta per se. Yeah. Like always, it's like, ah. we found something stable. Yeah, we found something. St- that's a good way to say it. Like, but we maybe could be doing something much better. But yeah, so I'm, I'm really stoked about this one. This is a, this is a good topic. Yeah. Welcome to the Open Hardware Manufacturing Podcast, the podcast about making open source hardware. My name is Stephen Oz. And I'm Lucian Chapa. And today's episode is about managing community information when you have an open source project. And like, not just an open source project, but we're talking about it in the context of that. There is a ton of information to manage of modifications people make to your source and making sure that the people who just bought your thing can use it correctly and weird mods and bugs and issues and forum threads and there's a lot. Or even just like the ancillary skills and techniques that the community may need for using the ecosystem around your product. Exactly. Like, how is information bound and indexed and used and confirmed and rated good? And yeah, it's a really, it's a big, messy problem. Uh, And there's a million ways to solve it. So that's what we talk about in this episode. Uh, We're going to go over kind of like... Do you go the forum route where the community kind of self-documents in a way that's also searchable, but is also a forum and, you know, maybe there's some stuff in there that could be misleading or, you know, isn't like the meta isn't the best way to do things Um, or having like a quick chatter in something like IRC or Discord and then kind of solidifying that in an official docs page and the downsides of that of choosing to use Discord, choosing to use a forum, uh, having an official docs page is kind of always good to do. Yeah, we'll uh, also touch on like the history and like how projects been managed and how has info been shared in the past. Like what have we seen in the early 2000s? What have we seen in Linux? Where this like kind of start and what we got now? Exactly, and like how things have changed with there being a million different ways to communicate with your community in 2023. But you know, 15 years ago, it was a forum and an IRC chat and that was kind of it. Um, and we also talk about like, how do you make it easy for people to add things? Like what things should people be able to just add to however they want to, like a mods page, like anyone should be able to make a mod and drop it in without anyone having to like rubber stamp it. But something like the official docs page for the product, there should be a PR. We talk about that kind of stuff, how wikis play in yeah. a whole bunch of stuff. And towards the end, we, because there's so many choices you can take, we share and solidify on like what's worked best for us in right. our experience so far. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a really complicated thing, and there's a lot of stuff to figure out here. And like, it's it's kind of an it depends <laughs> on what you're doing and our what you want from the yeah, favorite <laughs> phrase on what what you need from managing your community and like trying to provide them with information that works for them the best and includes as many people as possible. All right, let's get into it. Let's do it. So the problem of having information in a consolidated place that is accurate and easily updatable is like a very very difficult problem to solve just in general yeah it's a thorny murky problem and there's many types of answers to it some less good than others some harder to maintain some lower barrier to entry it's a huge range of things we can do here right and and what's interesting about it too is that this is this is information management in conjunction with a community like i think about when we were at form labs there were some degree of structure and rules about how you documented things. Sure. And we had this joke at Foreign Labs called Slack Documentation. Documenting things in Slack does not count as documentation because right. it's Slack and things go to Slack to die. 
And Discord's kind of that for us. But at Formlabs, you could have like rules and a system set up like that. We just have a bunch of cool people that are hanging out in our community and we can't impose that. We can we can create good systems and hope they use it. But what really happens is like, where do people settle? Like, where do people ultimately go for these kinds of things? And working around how how communication works best in our community is hard to do. When someone's an open source contributor, you can't tell them what to do. Yeah. So it's also our job to like make it easy for them to do what we think is the most helpful. Right. And if if someone comes into Discord three times a day and goes, I can't find this piece of information. And we're like, oh, we'll go to this page to find it. We don't get to be upset about that because that means that we're not doing our job of making sure that they can just find it themselves automatically. Like for sure. if, the, if their default is to go into Discord and ask that question, we've failed. Right. So it's a matter of fi- making it so that it's really easy to find this information for like anyone that enters too. Um, and making sure that the information is up to date and accurate and is not misleading and is, you know, clear and concise. There's there's a lot of ways to do this. I've kind of broken. I'm curious how you think about this dichotomy, because I've I don't think we've ever talked about this breakdown of how this works. Sure. Uh, but this is how I think about it. There's like two ways to handle documenting information. The first one is there's one source of truth, and that is forums. And the forums are great because they're searchable, they're indexable, you can follow kind of like the story of like someone having a problem, people putting in input, finding out what worked for them. And like when I'm trying to debug a problem or something, I'm reading forums and it's good for like debugging stuff. But also people could potentially recommend things that worked for them, but is not best practice. And like maybe it's a a, kind of like what Chris was talking about in the last episode about like people were breaking their bits on like the uh, leveling plate. And they're like, don't use the leveling plate. Like, I could see there being a forum post about, like, don't use the CNC Labs touch-off probe because it breaks your bit. And it's like, well, no. Like, it's because something else is wrong. So there's just, like, this one place. And it's all community-fed. And you can do some things to help filter that. Like, you could delete threads if they're misleading or, like, put comments on those threads and be like, no, that's actually not the case. I happen to love forums. I do, too. So my context in forum usage is... A lot of the hobbies I grew up being majorly a part of were all forum based. There was a forum for longboard skateboarding. There was a forum for Nerf blasters. Silverfish. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There was a forum for like airsoft and paintball I'd follow. And it was always hard to be using the forum to solve a problem. But it also had a lot of merits to it. I felt constantly bad for the moderators. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to keep it clean, not in terms of bad stuff, but like organized and easy to find you're relying on google to like do the finding of the things for you kind of yeah you know there were a lot of pillars of the community this one guy named meeker in the nerf haven forum Mm -hmm. and he would take it upon himself to make like a top forum uh, thread that would be pinned and it would be like a table of contact whoa yeah so the forums like yes they have search but commonly like php forums are indexed by google search if anything, and it's not that good. So searching for like a word is very fraught. Yeah. And most forum systems, at least the ones from like the early 2010s that sure. many sites still use. Yeah. So people would just literally write table of contents. And if that forum member went inactive, no one else could edit it. <laughs> so, and then it could just be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. There's a Nerf Haven forum thread. It's like a list of all of the homemade blasters you can 3D print. And it hasn't been updated since 2017. And that member is inactive now and no one can do anything about it so while it's pinned it's just misleading yeah yeah 
it's hard for it to archive anything. Yeah. It can rot. It really can quick. rot. And like you're trying to run a piece of software on Mac and it's like Mac OS Monterey and up. It works. And everyone's like, yeah, great. It works. Mac OS Monterey and up. And then they come out with the new version of Mac OS and it breaks. And you're like, well, in the forum thread, it said that it's this and up. Like you always have to reference like, well, how accurate is this based on the time that it was posted? Yeah. You know, so. There's lots of merit to forums, and it's a good way to kind of have information, hang out in a community, understand the scope of things, find like community solves to stuff. And another benefit of it is it's like totally self-documenting, and you don't need to do much of anything to make information that a community creates be searchable and usable to other people. And that's the opposite of the way that I think about how docs work, which is you have a lot of quick, tiny chatter in something like Slack or what we use is Discord and conversation happens. And then once something kind of like coagulates in that and like solidifies and like a meta is found in like kind of this quick community chatter, then it goes up to the docs site. Right. Yeah. And you can also do this with forums. You can have a forum. Like I think of uh, Ryan from V1 Engineering. He has a forum and he's very active on that. And Barr from Maslow, same thing, has a forum. And like a lot of community conversation happens there. And then once things kind of coagulate there, they put them over to docs as well. But with Discord, that stuff is so fleeting. It's not good for search. It's meant to just kind of be in the moment conversation chatter, working things out. And then once it really kind of becomes useful, then it goes and it gets put into the docs page. But this becomes hard because then you have to be constantly monitoring it, looking for things pulling it out and then adding it to the docs page. It's like very manual doing it. There's never like a misleading piece of information, you know, like unless you go to Discord and ask a question and like <laughs> you get a wrong answer, the docs page is always accurate. And there isn't a thing like a forum where like maybe there's something misleading, but I don't know, maybe I'm not doing enough credit to forum posts of like, you know, I, I, I think like one out of every six forum threads I click on has accurate information. Yeah. You know? So I think of two things there. Okay. Sometimes the community moves too fast for a doc site to maintain. Yeah. Let's look at Voron, for example. Right. LDO struggles to make their instructions match the, the latest print file set yeah. of the, like a Voron Trident, for example. The, yeah. The community is innovating too fast for the docs community members at Voron to keep docs.voron up to date. Right. So they, they, they commonly have to say reference latest CAD. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's kind of a punt, but yeah. it's the honest truth if you can't maintain your written instruction quickly enough yeah uh, they also they also export pdf as their instructions it's not some markdown based thing that anyone can edit so yeah they're frankly not making it too easy for people to contribute or for it to be updated right and then the backside like yeah forum posts if you think about how every other stack overflow post community member has an issue of a thing some people have some helpful insight no follow-up on what advice listed here fixed it <laughs> it's like, yeah it's like cool here's three things to put in my, into my command line and hopefully it solves the problem <laughs> yeah <laughs> but but also sometimes that works like stack overflow is really really helpful but it's a bit of a like throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and see what sticks approach and for something like a pick and place machine i kind of want to just follow a website that tells me what to do you know and like i don't know it's it's a really tricky thing to find out what is going to work the best. And I also kind of feel like you don't want too many places to have the community hang out because then it gets kind of oversaturated. And I, I don't know if you agree with this, but like right now we have Discord and we have our docs page and then we have GitHub and GitHub kind of acts as a forum because people will make issues. 
we discuss things in the GitHub issues, have conversation about it. They get merged. Like a lot happens in GitHub too. So that's kind of acts as a forum for us. But it gets to a point where like if someone comes in Discord and they're like, hey, what about this? They go, oh, go to this forum. Oh, go to this GitHub page. Oh, go to the yeah. docs page. And it's like, okay, well, we're, there's not a single source of truth. How do you feel about that? Do you think it's like you can have too many places where the community can hang out and it kind of thins out a little bit? Yeah, it can get kind of messy there. Especially like, hey, there's the wiki for this thing. There's the comments about how to print it on the Thingiverse page. There's there's people's thoughts in the troubleshooting thread of this project on their Discord channel. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Building the Voron, we had to go to five different sources of truth just to understand how to build what we had. And that, that kind of sucks. Like, it depends on your level of being a user, right? Like, if you buy a Lumen, you shouldn't have to think about the Discord. You shouldn't have to hunt through a forum post. You should be able to go to our doc site, put the thing together, and run it, and not ever have to think about that other stuff. If you want to get into the weeds and you want to make contributions, you want to play with it and do other cool stuff with it, then you can go down that path. But, like, there should be the, like, tool solution for docs. <laughs> I want to try this on. Okay. I think having like a docs.site based in Markdown, MK Docs, what have you, mm-hmm. it is a great thing to almost require of a community if there's like a central mainline version of the community product design right. that everyone's like trying to maintain. Yeah. If there's a community of people that design 3D printers, maybe it's more of like there's a wiki that indexes these projects and then it takes you straight to their GitHub page. Yeah, I think Voron does something like that. Like they have a repo where you make a PR into it in a certain format and it makes this it's like mods.voron or something. Yeah, it's awesome. And it shows you this gorgeous like little card for a certain community mod. I, and I think I was going to talk about this later, but it's relevant now. We have something like this as well we have it in the form of a notion page but it's an open page in notion that anyone can go in and add their lumen mod to it and i think there's something really important about having a space where any member of the community that makes a mod can add it to the official mods list you should just be able to add your thing to it no questions asked no gatekeeping, no yeah. PR request, you know, merged upon review. No like, one's looking at your typos. No <laughs> one's looking at your typos. You should be able to just drop that into the list of community mods. And I, and that's what Voron, I think Voron doesn't require a, a PR or something. Like you can just add it. I'm not sure. I don't know. They almost treat it like their own Google Drive. Like it's just your yeah. personal playground. Right. Like that's just where you put your stuff as like someone who's messing around with Voron. And that's what our mods.opulo page is too. Yeah. It's almost like we're saying... The docs should live as close to the source as they can, and they should be controllable like the source in right. the same way. It'd be pretty annoying if the Lumen docs were a PDF we sent paying customer. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that would be infuriating. <laughs> yeah, it, just, it wouldn't be a homey move. No. Well, and it's also like it's <laughs> it's people don't know what it means to build and use the machine until they've bought it. Yeah. Which is, you know, <laughs> you should be able to read all the docs and see. But yeah. That's like the most extreme end of it. Right. Inconceivable. Yeah. So I'm imagining like there's there's different tiers of what kind of documentation do you use depending on how into the weeds. Where's your. okay, okay. I have have an idea here. Depending on if you're on the tool or project side of the lumen, you're using a different method of information transfer. So (laughs) I could say that more concisely, but that's what I'm thinking. So. If you completely want to treat the Lumen as a tool and not as a project, yeah. then docs.opula.io, the official, we've reviewed this, it's as close as we can get to a clean experience as possible, that's what you use. If you're complete project side, 
you're in Discord every day going, hey, I'm trying this thing. What about this? Blah, 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 blah. And then somewhere in between is like, you notice a small change that you could make that would make things better. You make a GitHub issue. You make a forum thread to have a, a light conversation about the thing, but it's not real time, you know? And it's about picking, where do you want that communication to happen along that spectrum such that each one is not stepping on the toes of another one, you know? Because I think I think they can t- step on each other's toes. Yeah, this is like the development community and then like the user community. Right. And that's kind of what you're getting at to me. I, I think so. Because like a lot of people don't, care about getting into the weeds on like how lumen works or improving this you know printability of this part they just want to use it um but then the people who are hanging out on discord they want to optimize that they want to play with it 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 reminds me of i I have this thought about uh, apple products you only ever need to buy every other apple product in terms of scale of screen so if you have a watch (laughs) i love this opinion you don't need a phone you can get an ipad you don't need a laptop you get a desktop or you go, you go offset by one and you don't have an Apple Watch, you have an iPhone, you don't have an iPad, but you have a laptop and you don't need a desktop. I'll challenge you on the, you don't need a phone. <laughs> well, <laughs> but I, you yeah, yeah, hurt. you're right, you're right. That one's kind of, that one you kind of can't get around. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's like that idea, like they all perfectly overlap with each other. Like it's a, it's a, it's a bunch of Venn diagrams of circles overlapping each other. Yeah, they're full covered. Exactly. But you don't need them all. And I think that, I think we kind of do everything that the forum does without having a forum. But I don't know. It, it seems to be working well so far. And some people have requested, oh, it'd be cool if we had a forum. But I haven't heard that lately. You in know, a, in a way, there is a forum. It's not in the same type of catalog format of forums. GitHub, in many ways, is a forum. Like an issue is a forum thread That's where true. you can discuss things. A, they even have discussions. Yeah. In GitHub. And like a PR is almost a forum thread where like anyone's allowed to comment. You can share pictures. You can share attachments. It's, it's, true. it's in some ways a forum. Yeah. That's um, a good point. I hadn't thought of it that way before this discussion. Yeah. Yeah, it really kind of is. So we kind of do have a forum, but it's it's a forum that each thread is about a potential improvement. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think about your design reviews. That's been an awesome call for help yeah. to discuss a topic. Yeah. And it's been awesome to like use the GitHub source as a place of discussion for design review. It makes and sense. Much better than like doing it in Discord. Yeah. It would have been all over the place. It would be all over the place and like you lose track of stuff and like to have it compartmentalized into a forum, into a thread is really important. And you can't have discussion in docs. Docs is for like permanent usage. But if you need to talk about a topic, I think GitHub is like a perfect place to discuss, review, put that information all together into one place, make a decision. And then also reference it across all of GitHub. It's so it's so nice. It's a good structure. Yeah, it's it's interesting. We're taking that turn that we have here. Yeah, because I, I was kind of like, no, nah, we don't need a forum. But I think we you kind of do. I, I, what I should say is to make up to have a forum where it's just like someone's like makes a new thread and it's like my spindle won't turn on for my CNC. It's like, OK, well, you know, maybe that should be a customer support request. Yeah, or maybe that should be a for. message. Well, I think a lot of people use forms that way, and I don't think it's bad, but I think we fill that void with Discord and customer support form. You know what I mean? But like Adafruit doesn't have a customer support email. They have a forum, and you just go in there and ask your question, and then they handle it in the forum. So I like us using the forum structure of GitHub issues specifically for talking about very, very specific design changes and issues, you know? Yeah. The, um, one of the most um important forums that i'm not personally dependent on but i'm aware of is practical machinist and that's a really i'm not familiar 
So Practical Machinist is an online forum for CNC industry professionals. Okay. They explicitly bar like people talking there about like Tormach and lesser quality machines. Re- including so, Tormach? Yes. Yeah, so, like the barrier to entry is like Haas and up. Wow. They, they, you're there to discuss CNC machines that you use to make money that are dependable. Wow. That's cool. So no scrubs coming in. You got you to gotta know yeah, your stuff. No, it's not Weenie Hut Jr. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's a place of discussion for like, you're using a working machine and you want to use it better. Right. And I I can't speak too much for it. I don't have full access to the site. I don't, I'm not a paying member, but it is a community, a a walled garden of like community experts that are there to discuss the minutia, share opinions, um, share facts and observations in like Mm -hmm. an archived searchable manner. And like it's forums promote discussion. Yeah. Um, Forums are discussions that you can pick up and put down. You can be talking, you can be responding to someone who last messaged a thread in 2017 and they might get a notification to come back. Yeah. With Discord, it's just, (laughs) yeah. If you, (laughs) it's, it's too late to respond if you have. She made a hand gesture indicating a lot of messages just there. (laughs) (laughs) It's pointless to respond to something from a year ago in Discord and you're probably not even going to find that message. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) How would you even discover it to want to comment on it? Yeah, you'd you'd be insane if you went that far back in a Discord channel. Now, I think that walled garden idea is it's it's interesting because it makes sure that everyone knows everyone in there is on the same page in terms of like discussing the same kind of machine. You don't have noobs coming in going like, how do I turn on my machine? And like, there's some value to that. But I also think that there's some value. Like, is it walled in that you can't post, but anyone can read? I believe so. Okay, cool. Because I was going to say, like, if I'm Weenie Ho Jr., I want to read that. I want to learn about how all that stuff works. I get it if, like, there's, like, I mean, I don't know. It depends on what the community's for, right? If the community's just for those professionals, yeah, you don't want scrubs coming in and asking those questions. Like, there's other really good resources for that kind of thing. Yeah, but, they don't care to help you with the uh, the three hundred dollars CNC etcher you got on Amazon, right? But <laughs> I, I like that they still, if they do, make it so that anyone can still uh, read it. You know, like, yeah, interesting, interesting balance there. I was gonna say there's also video format for sharing docs, like just purely video, but that's almost more educational content. Yeah, and it's so anti evergreen, like. It's so I, I I learned this when I made a couple like I made an assembly video for V3 and I made like a calibration setup in OpenPMP for uh, the Lumen. And it is it is something a little tiny thing is wrong. You can't tweak it. It's permanent in YouTube like YouTube indexes a video file with the URL and you can't hot swap it unless you're Mr. Beast and you email Susan. And like that's the only way that you can do it. So it's so much easier to quickly update something when it's just written text with photos it's so like mk docs makes it a dream it makes yeah. it so easy i have two examples of cnc tutorial i can think of there okay um on one end there's titans of cnc the youtube mm-hmm. channel that makes educational content ran by titan gilroy yeah interesting guy and they do like fusion 360 like uh, computer-aided manufacturing cam mm-hmm. programming setup videos Fusion 360 doesn't even have like a version you're using. It's just it updates itself. <laughs> it's just now <laughs> yeah. version now. <laughs> so the video is probably not evergreen in the slightest. Right. But it's still something you rely upon. The total opposite. I used to work at a company called Mastercam where CNC toolpathing software and design program. And we would spend months and months making sure the CNC router tutorial, the CNC mill tutorial, the lathe tutorial was relevant to the version we were about to release. Right. And it was an exported PDF. It might be revised 
per service pack, but it was nearly a one shot. Yeah. Just a PDF there where we weren't asking for community feedback. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was beta tested the hell before it was shared. Right. We knew it was good. And that's so that's like, do you version control this stuff or not? You know, and like in our docs page, it has to be you have to be very aware of exactly what version this is correct for. But in something like Discord, it's just you just have to know because you've been reading everything in the community because that you it's about being up with the current vibe of what everyone's talking about. Yeah. And Billy Bob might be complaining about how his lumens not homing. And you're like, you don't even know if Billy Bob has limit switches or sensorless homing. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So like that's where the docs come in of like, okay, you're just trying to solve this problem. but. Yeah, that that is so interesting. We also early, early on, I really tried to double down on the wiki, GitHub as a wiki, which is just a page where you write wiki style information. And depending on the the uh, permissions that you apply, certain people are able to like make edits and stuff. And I pushed it so hard and like no one read it at all. And I kind of think that I I still don't know how I feel about this because I very much, and I think here in general, we have the idea of the single source of truth. Like if we're writing something down in two places, one of them is bound to get out of date. So every single thing here needs to have a single source of truth. And that goes with formal documentation. If we have all of our docs at docs.op.io, but I also have this page in the wiki about like how to set stuff up or like design decisions or whatever, we're splitting it. Like one can get out of sync with the other one, you know? So I and I don't think people really reference it that often anymore. People aren't checking it. Like if someone really wants to know what's going on up to date with the project, they'll go into Discord or they check uh, GitHub commits. I think that's part of it, too. I don't really know, though. Like it, it didn't seem like people used it that often. But this is just my perception. Like a lot of times people would ask a question. I'd be like, go to the wiki, read the wiki. Like people wouldn't know to go to the wiki, even when <laughs> we even had a thing where you would join the Discord server. And it would pop up like me six. The discord app would be like, hi, check out the wiki before asking any questions. The answer might be there and people would still ask, you know, so the wiki kind of failed. I don't think it people really used it, but I could be super wrong about that. Like that was just my perception of it. But that kind of information, like a slightly coagulated, like where are we at right now? Kind of situation. That's a weird one. Like right now, like, for example, three one just went out a linear rail version of the Lumen. And like that had been, we've been working on that for a while. If you're in Discord, Lucian, you've been posting stuff about it as development's been coming along. Subtle hints. Subtle hints. And like you can check GitHub. It's all out there and open. But like, is there a place where like regular updates happen? Like sometimes I'll post some stuff, especially after like a dev call where we have a lot of discussion about something new. I'll post an update there. But where does that like kind of like needs that every once a week, once every two week information update happen? That that was kind of what the wiki was supposed to solve. And now we just kind of post in Discord. So the the wiki is very much like a landing page that tells you, hey, what's this community? What's this repo about? Yeah. How do you contribute to it? Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty appropriate. Yeah. It tells you when to go to docs. Right. Um, I'd say it's it's left off at a successful point. OK. But um, if you I'm thinking back to like the the rep rep wiki. It's a little different than how we played it. Yeah. Um, I almost imagined that Opula would have gone this way at first. But the way they use their wiki is basically that. I think anyone can contribute a page for their printer design. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And it it can be as uh, elaborative. It can be as detailed as they choose. Or it can just be like, here's a photo of it designed by this person. Go to this GitHub. Interesting. So maybe the equivalent of that for us would be like mods.opula.io is actually just like 
a subset of our docs page and people can just add their own page and a drop down of like community mods and our docs page anyone can just merge their change into the docs page and then go from there yeah it's similar to the the how voron handles it and i think it's really clean the way they do it i i one of the benefits i see of a wiki and like our notion page or something like that as opposed to using github is like a lot of people that are making these changes don't want to touch git with a 10 foot pole you know <laughs> yeah. like they don't want to play with that they don't want to under, understand how it works like git's a really cool tool but it's not super straightforward there's a lot of different things that can like like on its surface it's kind of simple but like it gets really messy so i i think having something like add new wiki page button is really nice or like log in to edit this notion page we have a lot of mods on there but like not a lot of people that go in and like make github contributions in comparison you know right and that's a whole different spin here like we could be talking about is barriers to entry how right. easy should it be to update docs should a community member be able to affect change there yeah should they only be able to make an issue should anyone have access to the edit button right <laughs> yeah we have uh we we're talking with ryan from v1 engineering about this and he has an edit button on his mk docs every single page and it brings you to the github in browser editor to edit the markdown for that docs page and immediately make a PR. And we were chatting and he was like, you guys don't have that button. Like, what are you doing? Get that button. So we just pushed that button. And like, it wasn't because it was a conscious choice. I just like didn't enable that plugin or whatever when we set up the docs page. So now if you see something wrong, you hit edit and you change the type when you hit make PR and you're done and it makes it. He says that most of his docs edits come from people doing that. And that blew me away. Like most of the time, if someone sees a docs error, they hop in Discord and they're like, this is wrong. Or they'll email support at and they say, hey, I noticed these two things were wrong. It was kind of misleading. I was spinning my wheels for 15 minutes, but I discovered it'd be clear with this wording. And they, they more like reach out instead of make the PR. And that's so nice. Like, yeah, it's awesome. I mean, yeah, it's, it's great. Us as open source maintainers here, like we so much more prefer PR than like an issue. Yeah. It's a, it's a great way to reach out either way like just letting us know that there's something that could be better is so good <laughs> it's so generous with with time and like especially if they go in and they hit edit and make the pr like that's incredible yeah, i love nothing more than someone coming to me with a problem and a solution yeah that's it's it's so nice it's so wonderful <laughs> but you know in some situations if we can make it easier for them to just fix it then to have to like how much of a pain in the butt was it to like make an email write out, hey, I would have said it this way. Instead of just hit edit, change, make the PR, make a little note about it, and then hit submit, that's so much easier. It's like cheaper. It, it's, it's better for everybody. It makes the change happen faster. It's less work for these people who are going out of their way to like join a Discord server and like, <laughs> I don't know where to post this, but I've had this thought. Like, It's just way better to have that contribution happen that way. Yeah, and when the bar is lower like that, unimportant changes will be made. No one's going to email us if there was two periods at the end of a sentence. That's right. Yeah, like a typo <laughs> kind of thing. But really quick edit, sure. Sure. Yeah, I think I think everything in terms of like how do you gate and bar some of these like contributions and stuff. I think formal docs, there are so many weird dependencies of all of the different users that we have, the different mods, the different changes. To make a docs update requires thinking about and understanding all of the dependencies and edge cases of our machine and all the versions of our machine and the software limitations. And like, I wouldn't expect anyone to keep all that in their head. Hell, I have to spend a bunch of time thinking like, okay, what is this going to affect? So I wouldn't want someone to be able to just willy nilly make a merge 
to docs.op.io because it could be really misleading for a certain group of people that they haven't considered. So I think for the official docs, a PR is chef's kiss. It's perfect. And like maybe a little bit of wording could be changed to make it work for everybody better. And then, but it still gets merged. And then kind of anything beneath that, people should just be able to contribute. Like the mods page, anyone should be able to just put stuff on there. Uh, Discord. I mean, anyone just writes anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so th- that's kind of where my, how do, what do you think about that in terms of like gating uh, mergeability? That sounds about right. And you think of it as like Discord for sharing your ideas, soliciting feedback, sharing progress. Yeah. The mods page for sharing the thing you made. Yeah. And then the top upper echelon is the official doc sites for sharing how to use the thing in its mainline capacity. Yeah. Yeah. In its mainline capacity. And then GitHub issues, kind of same thing. Like anyone should be able to make an issue, but then we either close it because it isn't relevant or it is relevant, but we chose not to do it or we're already working on it. See this other issue. It's a duplicate or whatever or great issue. Let's do this. Um, anyone should be able to make that. And then it just gets filtered if it's not something that we want to keep. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the mainline docs, are, mm-hmm. they're not showing you any extra content. They're not teaching about open PMP features that we're not using right now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I think at the end of the open PMP setup section, we say, check out the mods page, check out the discord, you know, check out QWERTY Moto's like full from scratch calibration video. Like we kind of kick people off to it, but that's it. It, re- yeah. it just mentions it and like we give them a list. I think there's like four or five links at the end of the calibration section to like show people that these things exist and refer them yet again to the open PMP docs and all that. But yeah, it really is. It's mainly for like our mainline stuff. Towards that too, the, the mainline docs site, docs.opulo, it needs to be written with the assumption that you're using mainline source. Yeah, because that's what, I mean, probably now like 90 to 95% of the people using Illumin are using just the mainline thing we make and ship. I mean, it's so hard to say because we don't know how many people are using a home built. Like sometimes someone will come out of the woodwork and Discord and be like, hey, check it out. I've been building Illumin over the past three months. And like, I've never seen their username before. They have the little Discord green, like I'm new here thing. And they've built a whole Lumen. It's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't even know you were doing that, you know? So it's impossible to say. Yeah. But most people are mainline. That's how most of the machines that exist in the world, from what we can tell. Yeah. Example comes to mind, like the mainline doc site's not telling you how to set up your machine if you've done this popular wide boy mod that makes your machine 800 by 800. Right. That's a good way to say it. With With the only exception of like, there are some mods that we merge in. Like 3.1 is a great example of this. Uh, Thea's or Stargirl, her mod for adding linear rails to the Lumen is now mainline. We merged her change. And I think, I don't know if we actually say it on the docs page. We, we should have a page about this. I need to add this to my to-do list. But like people that want to upgrade 3.05 to 3.1, it's effectively a linear rail. I mean, you've made a lot of really good little CAD improvements, but it's mostly for assembly and stuff like that. What people are going to realize from that upgrade, like realize in terms of come to fruition, not learn is that it's linear rails like that's the, the the speed improvement is the big thing so we really should add a link of like hey go do stargirls mod if you haven't already for you know getting the linear rail upgrade for sure and so we, we do we do add drop in little things like that but i'm also thinking a little bit here about this all looks different if it's a community of people without a like a company the community orbits right yeah that's true yeah that's a good point because if you're doing something that is inherently hacky, l- let's say we made the Lumen and there was no official support and it's all just kind of like whatever's out there. 
we it's like all the docs wouldn't be like open your packaging you know it's like okay it would all be about building it from scratch there'd be so many forks on the road of like did you buy this brand or that brand like pursue this this brand linear is gonna have this whole pattern or whatever it's gonna be a very different thing that's a good point how else would that be different like what else about it being a company would mess with that voron comes to mind here too and also just the i always go back to the nerf blasters where it's just a community that is sharing techniques and there might not even be a particular design or project. It's just the literal sharing of knowledge. Yeah. And, and Voron's interesting because Voron is not a company, but there are companies that sell the source or sell, sell the compiled source, right? <laughs> like they sell the kit. LDO is a great example. Yeah, they're like, awesome. They're, they are awesome. Like we are a company that does the design and sells it and also makes it all super open and available. And then LDO is the other way around. It's like an organization that makes the source and then other companies take it and sell it. And they kind of like take this constantly evolving thing and kind of like nail the jello to the wall and say, okay, we're going to just sell this version of it. Yeah. And, and then make more formal, like the docs to Apple.io, formal version of the docs as much as they can. And, and Voron has this, but, you know, LDO is imagining the unboxing experience and the Voron docs maybe aren't. They're assuming you've just printed all the parts and somehow have all the parts. Yeah. You know? They handle this thorny situation with an addendum page on their own site that's a rider that sits atop right. mainline Trident assembly docs. Right. Um, and they, you just built a Trident, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're probably really fresh with all this. Yeah. Freshly traumatized. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm we very built fresh. An, uh, an 0.1 like a year ago ish. Yep. So I, I, it's a little hazy to me, but yeah, you just got out of the Trident build. It was, it built character. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot <laughs> yeah, LDO stuff. made it as smooth as they could. Yeah. But it's a, it's a whole different beast when no one's paid to write the docs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I don't know if Opulus given forums, it's fair shot. Yeah. I think there's a lot of value to forums in mm-hmm. some ways, just because a little bit more asynchronous, they rot less than like inline messaging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So there's that angle to it, too. Like forums are conducive to like a marketplace, like sales threads, mm. like a uh, product, like show off your Lumen thread. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Like there's things that Opelio loses by not having a forum, but like those also could just be Discord channels that we add. Like a, a lot of Discords have like picture only showcase channels. They could be. Yeah, it, it's kind of interesting. It's like we have in Discord, we have like a lot of permanent pinned threads <laughs> yeah you know that it's very easy to post to and yeah because like lumen pmp builds people will post that stuff but it's really hard to search like th- you know what i think it is in forums the barrier to entry for a post is a little higher so each one has more to it a little bit but with when you can just bang out a hundred million little posts on discord like two people will use a channel to debug a problem over the course of eight hours and it's like 200 messages or something and it just all gets nuked. And like forums are never used that way. And I think maybe that's why. And it's also not searchable. You know, there's something here, too, that flips us on our head. What is it? Discord added forum thread. No, really? Yeah. Here's an example of it in a, a nerf discord. Have you oh, used it? that's yeah, interesting. You, you, anyone can just make a thread and it can be I think it can be tagged as like oh, the topic. Well, that, and then it's a discussion. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. That that's very interesting. And you, this makes me want to like. Okay, because if this exists, I want to either like intentionally use it or very intentionally turn it off. And like also GitHub has this. GitHub has discussions, which is literally forum threads, which uh, a a moderator in this uh, community I'm pointing my finger at on Discord. mm -hmm. 
a moderator in this nerf discord community turned on this like more forum thread ui for a couple different sections of our server and okay. I, at first my reaction was to be angry i was like this makes content less real time it's less discussion based mm. it was like it felt weird yeah like discord used differently it was jarring to me at first interesting yeah well, i think i just had distrust of it yeah maybe like don't know how it works yet it depends on discord's implementation of it is it good you know is it easy to find stuff is it still going to be searchable like if it's just in a discord thing you can't google like lumen pnp nozzle tip cal and like foreign results won't come up so it's still like gated behind this app you know what i mean yeah so there, there's a downside to that and I, that's something i think using github for forums or even making up a, a proper discourse which is oh, discord and discourse sounding the same is going to be really annoying if we use it but you know that th that's searchable and i think that's one of the most valuable parts of a forum i think you're right in that we didn't really give it a fair shake like i spun up a discourse forum just to try it and some people talked about wanting it, but it's also a lot to moderate one and manage it. And like, yeah, okay, we also manage Discord too. But I think Discord, what's the thing that we don't have that a forum would provide us? You know, like you said, like having a post your Lumen PMP build. We have that and we have a Lumen PMP builds channel. Like what thing are we missing that a forum would give us? Forums commonly sit like a higher level where like Lumen PMP may have been a section of a forum. What do you for mean? For like a pick and place forum. I'm thinking about the Form Labs forum a lot here and how much I enjoyed browsing it. Okay. Um, there is a section for like using your machines, like showing off parts you made. There is sections for like ancillary tools and workflows. It really well categorized the ecosystem of like a Form Labs user. Right. The ecosystem a Form Labs user may experience. There is a section for like CAD, CAD help. There is a section for journal discussion. There is off topic. There was... I don't think there was marketplace. Right. There is a section for announcements from the the company. There is a section for like ask the company asking for feedback. Yeah. Um, it was a very centralized way to communicate with its members in all fronts. And the only other thing they really had was webinar and email. Right. They didn't have there was, wasn't a GitHub. There wasn't a Discord. Sure. There were some third party Facebook groups that were ran by resellers yeah. and we had presence in because it was worth seeing what the pulse was there. Yeah. But, the forum was the the centralized hub of us knowing about what our users were up to outside right. of like what the support agents and sales agents were here. Sure. As you, as you were saying that, it made me realize that one of the things that a forum really makes valuable is like, let's say I saw this stupid kid on YouTube and he built a pick and place machine and then I like forget about him for 18 months and then I rediscover it. I'm like, hey, what's the status of that? Like, where's that at? That person would have to go into Discord right now and be like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> and have a person type out a response. But a forum lets you just look it up. You can go to the forum and be like, you know, so-and-so, the pin thread is like so-and-so mod officially available for release. You can go, oh, what's that? And you click on it and you find out more about that thing. Like, it's an asynchronous way. I mean, Discord's asynchronous, but you know what I mean. Not yeah. real time, not involved with another person. There could be, be like month-long gaps and updates. Yeah. And it handles it better. Right. But yeah, it's I, I think it makes it so that it's easier for someone who's casually involved in it to be on top of things. If you want to be on top of what's going on in Discord, you kind of have to be checking in moderately often, you know, but a forum lets you be more casual in your involvement in the project and still stay up to date with it. Yeah, I think that's kind of what makes it valuable. For sure. And taking an extra step, if we were to go back to 2010, 2013 here mm -hmm. for open source projects, 
There commonly was a forum, yeah, source tree and GitHub, mm. and an IRC room. <laughs> Which is Discord. they still had a Discord equivalent. Yeah, that's true. Like FreeCAD had an IRC channel, right? It had um, Git. And it had a forum since the early 2000s. Yeah. And it's worked very well for them. I wonder if my concern about stepping on our own toes with having too many sources of information is just kind of fake. You know, like maybe it's not really that much of a problem. I'd I'd be worried about it, though. Like if someone's like, hey, check out this thing that I worked on. And everyone's like, cool, tell me more about it. It's like, oh, I already posted about it in the forum here. You know, it's it's splitting it's splitting everything up a bunch. But I don't really know if that's a bad thing i don't know I, yeah. I really don't know i think for popular the company there's a certain demographic of user that will never be in the discord and yeah. like forums capture that like, that's true will a tesla engineer be perusing a discord on company time to, <laughs> to get a circuit board yeah. they're making produced on their lumen right like probably not but searching for like a forum thread that's true okay if you're listening to this and you have thoughts on this please tell us what you think because i i really don't know what the meta is here I don't want to be dropping the ball on something that could like be helping a whole group of people that like are just kind of like the silent majority on this. Like I think about myself in high school. You, we, we talk about this all the time. You, Lucian, were very active on th- threads in forums and you would write and I was a lurker. I would not write anything. <laughs> I would never write anything in forums, but I incessantly searched and I read. I probably posted in a forum three times like in my whole life. I just never did it, but I would read a lot. So, like, what about those people? Like, what are they doing? They're maybe reading Discord, maybe. Like, ah, but where else are they get? They have the docs page, they have customer support. But, like, where else does that community stuff live if they don't want to be, like, living and breathing the, the beat of what is happening every day in the Discord? I almost feel like threads and forums serve the lurkers better. Yeah. Because it's a better catalog. If you're just reading the stream of consciousness of the community yeah. on a Discord, it's, it's very scattered. It's very... Yeah undirected yeah you're you don't get to choose what you're reading right the same way you click on a thread that sounds interesting yeah that's that's a really good way to say it. you get to choose what you're reading about in a forum and aside from like picking a, a channel it's still kind of like <laughs> up in the air like open pnp is the name of one well that's a pretty broad category there could yeah. be a lot of discussion in that that has nothing to do with why you're wanting to go to that channel and i think like a lot of the messages in our channels are awesome and people sharing interesting thoughts someone got stuck in an interesting way someone getting help from like a really nice community member mm. it's way different than browsing a th- uh, a sub forum and seeing that this thread has 10,000 views 600 comments yeah and the first poster has 6,000 karma yeah <laughs> it's like, like oh this is gonna be this is a different thing yeah, yeah yeah exactly this is a problem this is something that needs to be addressed hmm okay well I think what I want to segue to, and we don't have to quite yet, is what have we found to work well for us? Right. And why does it work for us? I'd also love to touch on, like, I think there's a chapter in this book called The Death of the Forum. In this book? Yeah. If this, if in the, there's a chapter. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. uh, There's a chapter here in, like, what, why have forums died? Right. Because their forums definitely have fallen out of favor a little bit. Like, there's still a lot of bustling, thriving communities that happen in forums, but Discord is popped off irc has come back for a decade or two forums have been three really uh forums have been the best you could have yeah a forum and an irc was the best you could do yep but now there's been so many other directions that community can go in there can be a a reddit there can be a facebook group there can be a discord there can be a google group yeah 
there can literally be a telegram channel like yeah. communities can become much more amorphous in 2023 sure. than they would have been in the early aughts. that's true yeah there's more options yeah and, <laughs> and they all serve in slightly different ways depending on what you need from it yeah imagine if you will an open source community that used every communication platform available it'd be a nightmare they imagine yeah. they had a wiki a facebook group a reddit oh my a telegram God. I would lose my mind. <laughs> An IRC. You know what? Well, It'd be insane. I really want to bring Barr from Maslow on and ask him about, because he's so heavily forum-based and loves it, and his community's only in the forum. He's so active, and he, it, like, it works so well for him. Same with Ryan uh, from V1. His forum is super, super, super active in the forums. Like, I want to talk to them about that and see what they think about you know, like how the forum structure works. You could almost say here the best tool is one that you commit to. Yeah. And if like it's starting, if it's starting to wizard, you chop it off. You yeah. Be willing to archive Google Group. Yeah. Be willing to move like the thirty people that are on a Facebook group right to the Discord with three thousand users. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And OpenPMP uses a Google Group. There's a Google Group. It's like an email thread. Yeah. But it works so well for them. That is how. It works. That's how they know how communication works for that community. That community lives through email. They grok it. And they, they grok it. Yeah, exactly. But it just depends. Like you're going to invite. I, I remember getting some messages. Someone's like, I don't know how to use Discord. You know, where's the forum? And it's like, well, we don't have one right now. Like there is a whole group of people that only really want to deal with forums, you know, and they're not going to be part of our community because of that. Yeah, I think we're co really cognizant of is like, OK, if we turned on a forum. Would we be bifurcating the community? Right. Would there be that no longer single source of truth? Yeah. So it's like, we just need to be conscious. If we did turn on a forum, let's say, yeah. there better be a good reason. Yep. It's doing something that Discord doesn't. Yep. And there needs to be that synergy rather than like redundancy. Right. Yeah. And I haven't, ever, I haven't felt a pull towards a forum like to fill a void that Discord doesn't kind of already solve in some way. Like, I think it's more of a sinister lacking that Discord gives us of like, not being searchable, people just get a lot of noise, and we lose a lot of community members because they just don't want to deal with the chatter of a Discord of an IRC server, effectively. So I think it's kind of like, yeah, there's no like thing going, wee -oo, wee -oo, you're missing out. It's more of like, yeah, there's just a lot of people that could be part of the community that aren't, and we're losing them. And it, it's a quiet failure. It's not like an act of like, something's wrong, you know? Yeah, you have to be willing to use Discord. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or any tool, really. You yeah. have to be willing to use a forum if you want to contribute to it. But a forum is like kind of easier to understand than Discord. It's more use universally understood. And, you know, yeah. All right. Well, I have a lot of thinking to do about this because <laughs> I, I think there is a lot of value to it. If you're listening to this and have have feelings about like forums versus like IRC or Discord, please let us know in the own podcast channel in <laughs> in Discord, <laughs> in the Lumen PMV Discord, at least for now. Because I like it would be so cool to have a thread of like this own podcast channel discussion. And then like that's where we can talk about like the episode here or something. That'd be awesome. Like maybe that would be the correct place for that. I don't know. But yeah, if you if you have thoughts, please let us know. I, I, I think maybe we are missing something by not implementing one in some capacity. A lot of the times here on on the podcast, it feels like we're going back and forth on like pros and cons of a thing and telling people hey, it's an amorphous problem space. Yep. What you want really depends. Here's how we think about it. Yep. And this is a good example of one where the best thing is what works for you and your community. Yep. And the Discord has been around since early 2020, I think. So it's been three years that this has existed. And we're like, hmm, maybe we've been dropping the ball on this thing. Like you can always reassess and be like, well, 
maybe we should do a forum. <laughs> so let's let's to, to wrap this up. Let's talk about why we have chosen what we have and why it has worked for us. That sounds great. So I think Discord worked really well for us, especially to start with like the YouTube community because this came from YouTube. I think a lot of folks on YouTube, maybe this is like a incorrect or weird generalization, but like would be okay with using Discord as a communication medium. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, honestly, as I say this, I think that's kind of like not true. Like, I, I don't know if that's necessarily an equivalence, but it's something to be aware of. We're coming from YouTube and I... I don't know if that matters. What do you think? I don't know. I, I, I kind of stumbled into that It's one. fair to say there's a solid pipeline and proven track record of getting YouTube subscribers into a Discord. That's true. Imagine if you'd come up and said, hey, guys, I just launched a Google group. <laughs> okay, that's a much more succinct way to say what I was kind of feeling. Like, if I, if I put up... Thank you for saying that. <laughs> I needed some help with that one. If I, if I had said, hey, everyone, I started a forum. I don't know if I would have had a lot of people join, you know? Like, I just don't know if that would have been a thing. Like, YouTube's for entertainment, and Discord is for friends, and Forum is for, like, figuring things out. You know what I mean? There's a wall there. Yeah. I think a lot of people in the Discord, frankly, like, they're excited a chance to talk to Steven and other pillars of the community in real time. Yeah, I, I, I think that might be part of it. And also, like, there's channels for memes and stuff, and, like, if you're on YouTube, you're kind of there for some walls, too, and, like, that's part of it as well. No one's yeah. going to make a new post in a Google group to share a funny meme they saw. Exactly. And I want them to be able to. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I think Discord made sense for us early on for that reason. And also, Discord's really good for quickly evolving stuff. You know, like, in the early days, I would ask a question in late 2020 of, like, how do feeders talk? And I'd post something. And then, like, my next five hours were eaten by just having conversation with people in real time about the pluses and minuses, like, figuring out what's going to work, you know, doing the math, having those discussions. Look at this chip. Have you considered this? Blah, blah, blah. That was great for, like, very quickly moving, still ethereal, figuring out how stuff is going to be structured stuff. So for, like, new things that haven't, like, already become pretty well coagulated, I think Discord makes a lot of sense as well. You know, if you have a thing that's like already really stable and you're like, hey, guys, look, I finished this thing. It's pretty darn good already. Instead of me like actively working on building it in front of everyone, you know, if it's already kind of stable, OK, then maybe the problems are less like, oh, my gosh, we just need to chatter about it to fix it. We, we can take a little bit more time and have it in a forum post, you know? Yeah, it's a really good MVP community like retainer. Yeah, I think about so many Kickstarters these days. Also have a Discord you can join. Yeah. So even kick, there's even Kickstarters where like pledge a dollar, get a Discord invite. Right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think Discord worked really well for us for that reason. I also think us choosing to have like a formal docs page is like kind of imperative because we sell a product and you need to have it be easy to use. And we chose MK Docs and having it be web hosted for a couple of reasons. First of all, it's really easy to edit. Like anyone can make an easy change. So it's like easy to do get contributions in it's easy for us to add stuff to it and it's not like a pdf that's like annoying to view and stuff like you can view the docs page anywhere and people that don't own the machine can still view and use the docs page so i think that was a pretty easy win for us of choosing to have like online open docs like that i think it's even fair to say the docs page wasn't it didn't feel optional for us i oh, don't no. know what there'd be instead i don't know what there would be instead like I mean, Voron does like a PDF export of something, but like, so some dude has an Inkscape file on his computer and like, how do people make changes to that? And like, how do people give notes on specific aspects of it? And like, I can send a URL and be like, 
read this with a link to a certain header of like, do this cow. Oh my gosh, it's great. Check out this link. And then problem is answered right there. Like having it be on the internet and available to everybody is a dream. It's so good. Yeah, the most practical way to be open source to me is like keeping the source as truth as editable as possible and staying as close to it as we can. Right. Like PDF exports like broken to me. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't email someone a zip file export (laughs) of the GitHub where I remove the dates. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. Like that would that'd be a bummer. (laughs) I don't consider a PDF export as like valid. Yeah. It's like sharing a step and calling it the source. Right. And we originally had our docs were in the main repo for the source. And that was a real pain in the butt. Like we thought it would be like really good to have our docs be tied to the source, but that did not work well at all because we'd have like different branches and like the docs are its own product, like making it understandable because the GitHub repo is the source for the current design, but the docs is reference for an entire community through history. So it needs to account for all the mods, all the edge cases, all the different versions of the machine that we've shipped. Yeah. Or, or that have existed. It needs to cover how to use the first version of the machine and the most recent. Exactly. So like having that be tied to a release or, or I, it, I guess we could have made it work. But it, honestly, I'm so glad we broke it out. I'm so <laughs> glad it's its own separate thing. Yeah, now. we tried docs by version. That might even be worth touching on. Yeah, we did. We tried making the docs like changeable by version. So you could hit a drop down and like you could select it. But the problem with how that worked, we were using Hugo at the time. Now we use MK Docs. But the problem with how that worked was that once you moved to a new version, it was like hard code archived. And if you wanted to go back and like change something like now we're on three one, let's say we realized, oh, there's a bug in the docs for 305 users, 305 version of the machine. You can't change it. it. It's already I mean, you can, but it's been compiled or like what if there's 20 versions, 301, 302, 303, 304. You can't change those docs. It's a easily. non-starter. It's a non-starter. And if there's a ver- if there's a change that's version agnostic, like open PMP docs, I think we're a big crux of it. Like right. If open PMP updated its UI, we needed to make sure that we were, the docs were applicable to every version of the machine. Exactly. Ever. Exactly. Yep. So that just became really difficult. So now we just, which I think is exactly what we should do. On the left side, it says Lumen PMP assembly docs. And then there's a few headers. It's like V2 machines, V3, or we should put BYOP in that header too if we don't already. But you can just choose your version of the machine and then off you go. And then you're all set to go. And then the stuff that's universal across everything, Open PMP, it's its own product is kind of the the thing that I think we had to learn. It's like it doesn't glom onto the, the source for the Lumen. So yeah, that was interesting. Um, and then... What else do we have for the wiki page? It was good, really more about for like, how do people work with the source? Like there's the contributing page is all about how do you use CAD staging? How do you use Git LFS for checking out free CAD files? And like all that kind of spicy details on like how to actually make a contribution. I almost want to say that the wiki is for how to use the GitHub repo. Right. I think you're right. Yeah. It it almost would feel inappropriate if docs.opulo covered a contribution guide for the Lumen PMP, the open source project. Right. Because the docs are how to use the Lumen and the wiki is about how to use the GitHub. <laughs> the wiki tells people how to be a good contributor to the source, how right. to be a good steward of the community, how to join the community. How to make it easy to merge and review and all that. Yeah. yeah. That's almost what the wiki is for. I think you're right. I think you're right. In our capacity of it, at least. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. So... Yeah, because other people use it differently. Like OpenPMP uses their wiki as docs, which is interesting, but that's that's how they choose to do it. And then there's the the YouTube angle here. 
Oh, yeah. You make a solid effort to share information that's evergreen on YouTube. Mm -hmm. You're sharing like, hey, it's updated. That's for like sharing news and announcements. We're lucky enough to have a big channel. I think for many projects, there's a blog instead or like a Twitter where they just share, hey, something's changed. Go see it. Right. Yep. And that's also a weird one because YouTube is not my, my the Stephen Hawes channel is for entertainment. That's what it's for. That's the point of that channel. And like, yeah, I do share information about like what's going on here and people do use it for information like updates about new products and stuff. But it's meant to have people watch the videos like that's the point of that channel. The Opulo channel, we have assembling your 305 step one, put this bowl in like, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a very different. It's very dry. It's not meant to have some goofy, dumb kid, you know. Be in a YouTube video. Like, it's meant to just share information. If you think Steven's too excited most in most of his videos, go watch some of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you want to see me not be incessant and annoying, then yeah, go 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 watch those docs. Steven on Tranquilize. <laughs> <laughs> I watched, you, you know those arms of an angel ads with like the pets. The, I watched like a few of those ads before I record oh, those. No. <laughs> Calm myself down a little bit. <laughs> But oh my th- God. that those videos on the Opula channel are also information transfer. But it's like stuff that I'll make one of those videos if I know it's going to be like so, so, so evergreen. It's like, yeah, this we'll use this for a year. This was not going to change for a long time or like or we'll even put a huge hedge at the beginning of like this was used with this version of OpenPMP. They make changes all the time. So we recommend people use a certain version so we can like nail down the docs for a certain known version. And we'll say, hey, this is for this version. If you see changes, that's okay. This was built around this version. So at least people know if they see a difference, it's because of that, you know? Right. So, but you're right. YouTube is a weird one. And like my channel, people would be like, I, you haven't posted a video in a while. Like what's going on? It's like, ah, oh, that is a communication medium. Like people are using that to pull in information. I think we, we hit the nail on the head there with the YouTube. Yeah. Is it worth mentioning um, the blog section of the Opulo site as well? Yeah. I mean, it, that is a place where we also communicate. You're totally right. Yeah, yeah, it's still communication and maybe not so much documentation, but like YouTube is documentation in some capacity of like, what did Steven try for an R&D project? It's a really limited form of it. But yeah, our blog posts, I mean, that's more about like company communication. I think we have a we have a blog post up about like setting up an SMT line and it's kind of a recommendation on like, this is a good paste to use. This is a good solder stencil jig. This is a good reflow oven, you know, use the lumen, yeah. all that kind of stuff. That section is kind of like aspiring to like document like, how does a, a lumen get used in the wild? Right. And it's much more targeted towards a business rather than the community. You know, and like the community could still use it, but it's written for like someone trying to figure out, should I buy this for my business? You know, that's like the the target market for that blog post. Yeah. And its level of depth acts like it's not trying to teach you how to use the lumen. It's like, no. here's how you, you use the lumen in this facility, this capacity for this reason. Right. In this way. Yeah. So, yeah, there's... Oh, yeah, there's there's a lot of different ways. And ar- ar- arguably that information should be shared in. Well, I mean, I literally have a video called setting up an SMT line. So <laughs> maybe that I've already kind of done that in some capacity. But, you know, that should be shared in ways places other than the blog post, too. Yeah. You know, because people who are using the Lumen source that don't care about buying one from us could still benefit from that information. And I wouldn't expect them to go to like our company website to learn that, you know? Yeah. And we use a little bit of everything. It's kind of come is what's come to realization yeah. here. 
And it's all in an effort to make community knowledge accessible. Yep. The, these blog posts are written and shared over email. Mm -hmm. The YouTube videos are shared as push notifications to people. Yep. The YouTube videos are telling people, hey, the GitHub source may have changed because here's this big announcement. Go right. check it. Right. It's all a funnel towards building community in some way. Yeah. And right now it's pointed at the Discord. Yep. And it, I think we chose these also. Like we, we use GitHub pretty aggressively too because I think a lot of our users are pretty technical. And they will feel comfortable using GitHub in some way, you know, like they probably have some coding experience, maybe a little bit, maybe not so much, but they kind of understand what's going on there and they would understand how to make a PR, at least with the UI of GitHub. But for if it's a totally different project, a super like generalized consumer based product, like let's just let's say a tissue box, right? Like random object. If you tried to have your community be in GitHub, no one's <laughs> going to join generally people don't know how to use github you know like maybe a forum would be better a forum would be way better so you also <laughs> have to think about who your user is like are they going to use that forum like ryan from v1 engineering using a cnc machine most of those folks or or uh bar or chris from from cnc labs most of those folks are originally woodworkers and may not have experience with software development i mean they might but they also might not you know, you don't know that based on what it is that they're being exposed to. This might be their first foray into like using a computer to do woodworking. So you want it to be more accessible on the forums in an easily accessible way. So thinking about who your user is and maybe what they've been exposed to is helpful. You need to consider the demographic when when working on an, a project here. Right. Yeah. And the opposite way to think about this, which is really it's kind of messed up. Like this is thinking about what's going to be easiest for your users. The other way around is how. Linux development stuff works <laughs> where like they intentionally only accept PRs or like I don't know exactly what it is, but it's like you can only have discussions through like using the email format of like get PR discussion something. It's a real pain to contribute. So you only can actually be involved in contributing if you know how to use that thing. It's like crazy gatekeeping. I don't know exactly <laughs> what it is. It's killing me. I don't know, but there, there's something about contributing that it's like actually quite difficult to do. So it's a, it's a gatekeepy thing. And this is the opposite of that. Like we're trying to like ungatekeep as much as possible and make it as accessible to what, what gates might people encounter unintentionally and how do we remove those gates? And Linus Torvalds does the opposite and <laughs> tries to put them up. Um, but yeah, kind of interesting. Linux is a weird one. <laughs> yeah, Linux I'm trying is to think weird... how I feel about it. Yeah. I get why they did it. They, it keeps, it's a filter for low quality, uninformed. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's kind of like I, 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 I see that, but I don't know, man. Like it, it, it is tough because you want anyone to be able to contribute. But like it's also like your CNC forum that you were talking about. I have no business making a patch to the kernel. But what if I want to learn? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it shouldn't be hard for me to be able to make the contribution if I want to spend the effort. But yeah, it, when it comes down to it, a lot of people would just send an email that's like, how do I fix my bug? And it's like, dude, that's not what this is for, you know? For some people, they prefer only discussing an issue with people that grok the source code right. and understand it and its capacity right. and in its context. Yep. And, and, and I understand that. Yeah. I understand that merit. It is a tough one, though. That's a tricky balance. But yeah, like, I, I think there's, there's a difference between being able to access and read information in a gated community and being able to contribute. You know, like there's sometimes where, yeah, I don't want the peanut gallery and I just want to talk to people that already understand like all of the history and like that's you and I having a discussion about the source. Like you and I both understand intimately exactly what's going on. And 
I don't have to explain to you and you don't have to explain to me all this other pre preconceived <laughs> information, you know? No, not at all. So there's a time and a place for that kind of thing. And like drawing that line is hard because you want to be able to be efficient and get work done and not, you know, have to reinvent the wheel with explaining to people how something works. But you also want to make it accessible for them. And that's tough. That's a really tricky one. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think having if things be readable as much as possible, even if they can't write, if they can't add something unless there's, you know, some gating thing that allows them to like make a PR. Like we have a we have a group of devs, like contributors. Those folks, we've seen them kick butt at making stuff and we're like, hey, do you want to be a dev? And then they have like right access to the repo because we know that they're just going to they know they understand. We know that we, they understand the prior information to make a good decision about merging something, you know? Yeah. Uh, but like if someone just joins Discord or like some random person can just go into GitHub and like add something, it's like, well, maybe you don't know all the history of that. Towards that, we've made a recent effort to catch people up to speed on like design history that's been useful. And that's documenting design decisions. Those are the types of facts that like the dev team is keenly aware of. They're the types of facts that like document like a non-negotiable or like a the course we're choosing to take, yeah. what tact we're on. Right. And that's been helpful. Oh, yeah. We, yeah, that's a good point. That's a whole other thing that we haven't even talked about here is like there's design decisions documents in each repo now. So like one of the questions we get all the time is why are the feeder slot address? Why is that using an EEPROM? Why don't you just use a, a voltage divider on the resistor with a couple of resistors? And like, why don't you just do it that way? Well, we thought about that. And there's a really good reason why we didn't. And we've been ex we were explaining it to people a bunch. And then we just wrote big long documents in the github called design decisions it's readable from the web browser you can just read the answers to all that stuff and that works has been working out really good <laughs> yeah let's call the eprom decision like a wheel here people were constantly trying to like reinvent that wheel yeah because they didn't understand the full context that led to our decision right and if they read the design decisions thing and then they go wait you forgot you could actually just do this like you didn't consider that well awesome like cool but like get on understand the history you know what i mean so m maybe it's something like that where like if you if you kind of if there's some design decisions for like linux <laughs> that people can read and then because people haven't been trying to reinvent the wheel on that one since we put that up you know yeah it's been nice uh, yeah so like i, I think it, people go oh okay well that makes sense i understand and we weren't doing a good enough job of like conveying that information we talked about it in discord i made a decision we implemented it, but you couldn't find where the conversation was about that, you know? Yeah, that was an awesome change. You also do a really good job of documenting your design decisions in and changes in releases. Like if you go through and this just goes for any kind of thing that has a release in GitHub and you've been doing such a cool job with it is like making a bunch of really thorough notes in a GitHub release so people can see, oh, there's the release. Here's all the changes they made. Why? And you give great justification of like, this is why we chose to do this. It makes it easier to print. It's whatever, you know, and that helps a lot, too, for like, why was this change made? The community knowledge requires work. Yeah. It requires upkeep. Yeah. It's important. And it uh, and it, it's worth doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, essential. It's it, exactly because there's so many different kinds of things that people are doing with what you're putting out there. And Having a home for all of it and making that home clear and making sure that people can get up to speed on what you're doing. And there's so many kinds of communication that need to happen. And it's so hard to find a little niche for each one of them and make it easy for people to find each one of those little niches based on the kind of information that they need. Like, it's tough. That's really hard. <laughs> and we've been 
I think we've been doing a pretty good job. I've seen the Lumen repo being pointed out a couple times now as like a good example of how to set up an organization cool, on GitHub, really? how to how to document a project well, how That's to be awesome. open about it. I didn't know that. Yeah, like even our bomb is a clear, succinct attempt at community knowledge management. Yep. Which sharing what you need for the machine yep. in a useful way. Right. Yeah. It's not inaccessible. There's no fluff. It's just the bare necessities there. Yep. Yeah. It's what you need. This is a bit of a fun episode. Yeah. This this is a lot of <laughs> there's so much. I mean, so in short, it depends. Like it depends <laughs> on what you're doing. It depends on what kind of conversation. Is it really project-based, quick, fast discussion where things can get lost, but cool, fast, you know, decision making can happen? Or is it this big monolithic like Mastercam can get away with like we do a we cut a release on a PDF because it's a thing that changes incrementally every release and like it doesn't have to be quick moving. So it depends on the speed of your thing, how how fully baked is it, you know? Uh it depends on the type of community that you have, what kind of relationship do you want to have with the community? Like I chat with community members all the time in Discord and it's nice because we have Discord to do that. Like I may not be doing that if it weren't for the fact that we chose Discord. Like and you can hop into DMs too. That's another huge thing is being able to DM with people. I don't. Can you do that with a forum? Yeah. Forums have a membership okay. section and they have a private message section. They don't, okay. have, they don't have group chat though. That's true. Yeah. It's nice to do group chat stuff too. I don't know. It, it depends on what you want. There's so many different parts to it. We really should get Barr and Ryan and Chris on ab- about this because I think all three of them use forums extensively. All of this too largely depends on your release cycle. Right. How many versions do you need to be cognizant of? Yeah. How, do you know your issues aren't going to be fixed until the next year's release? Right, 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 right. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And this is also all assuming hardware, too, and not necessarily like something that's just software. Okay, who cares about the old version? Because everyone just hits update and then it goes back. You can't quite <laughs> say that. You know, it's there's dependencies and stuff like that. But, you know, once everyone can update to the new version, you're kind of there. But like once someone's compiled, quote unquote, a Lumen, they have that hardware. They have hundreds of dollars tied up or thousands of dollars tied up into that hardware. Yeah. You know, it's a different thing. So documentation needs to support that too. And, you know, the, the mods need to support that. It's a lot. I'm trying to think if I would ever go to a Python Discord. Yeah, I probably wouldn't. But because I'm not in the weeds of like the languages minutia, you know what I mean? If I were like really involved in like the details of it, I probably would be. Because that's where like people are having those conversations. It would be my guess if they have a Discord. I'm guessing that's what they'd use it for. Yeah, but you think of yourself more as the user of Python's like exports. Right. Python for me is 100% a tool and 0% a project. I'm using it to get to an end. And I'm not interested in getting into the details uh, aside from what is required for me to accomplish my goal well. You so know? We don't even need to care then if there's a Discord for Python because it's just... We didn't need to go that deep. <laughs> exactly. I, I would never even look for it because that's my relationship with Python. But there are people that I'm sure care quite a bit about all that and want to be involved. God, it's so it's such a complicated thing. Whew, yeah, this is, a, <laughs> this is a bit all over the place. But like, that's kind of what this is. This is an all over the place thing. There's a ton of different kinds of information, managing it with the community, taking feedback, implementing it, coagulating it, putting it into a solid format. It's hard to do, and it depends on so many different variables. I feel like we're wrapping up towards the end. Yeah. Anything else I could think of probably get moved back up top. Lullspot's an interesting one. Of uh, information, man- information management, because mm-hmm. it's the full open company. Right. I, I think it might be worth just having an episode where we try to interview some of the OG Lullspot guys. That'd be cool for, for a different episode. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, folks, that's it for this one. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to leave a review wherever you get your podcast. It helps us out a ton if you go and do that. Please go ahead and find us on those and give us a five-star rating. You can find Opulo on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And also don't forget to check out Opulo.io and sign up for our newsletter where we write blog posts and do customer interviews with other folks building open hardware. We'll see you in the next one. Thanks, guys. See ya. If you are full tool, you use docs.opula.io. If you're leaning fully on the tool side and not the you're project side. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't mean if you're a full tool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mitchell, you'll have to cut that out.